0: I want to thank God for you being with us again. Let's just go to the throne of grace. God, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for speaking to us, Holy Spirit. Move in this place. Grant God, even now, your presence, your power, and significantly unto us, your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, we've been studying over the last few weeks the quiet mind for troubled times. This is the quiet mind for troubled times. This is the 26th iteration of this word, the quiet mind for troubled times. And I'm just delighted to continue this word here.
1: I want to take in, you know, we've been looking at that foundational scripture in Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. And because we have that as our foundation, we want to recognize God's presence as we are studying, as we're thinking about how we can live our lives better. I've said it to you every week, I want to remind you again some of what I'm saying, unspiritual minds won't get, and the unspiritual self won't get, but the spiritual self will find life and joy and peace in the words that I offer. So we've been talking again about how to handle it when people um, hurt you, when people do things to you, how to move beyond um, the, the situation that you're in right now. Um, and what I'm worried about right now, what I'm thinking about is, how do we deal with it when stuff is just not right? and. Um, You know, sometimes folk, they rub us the wrong way, they do things to us, Um, and it's really interesting that if you look at the text that we've been working on and and we've been talking about, Jesus tells them in, in Matthew, it's actually Matthew 18, 15 through 22, Jesus says, if a fellow believer hurts you, and then he says, go, tell him you go you go and you tell that person i I was thinking about this the other day and uh, and i was studying the text and you know one of the ideas behind this may have come from the fact that the people of god the 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 disciples have been jostling and trying to figure out who's going to be the greatest And so as they were talking about who will be the greatest, you know, I want to be this one, that one, they're trying to find out, can I sit at your right hand Uh, when you get to your kingdom, where am I going to be? As they're going through that, Jesus probably understands that somebody's offended in this conversation. And he says, you know what, let me just fix this for everybody. I want you all to deal with these kind of offenses in this manner. When an offense happens, I want you, the offended believer, to go and to convict or convince the person who has done something wrong to you. The word in the Greek is eleko, and I didn't write it down, but I want to just throw it out there. It's E-L-E-N-C-H-O. E-L-E-N-C-H-O. And that word means to show him his fault. You go and show him his fault. You show the other person privately what they have done to you. Let them see their fault. And when you do that, you have an opportunity to, to work it out, to get something from it. And hopefully they will, the Bible says, hear you. They will listen, which means that if they're listening, that they will respond properly. They'll respond in an appropriate manner, in a kind of way that will bring healing and life and love and peace to what has been going on. I think we ought to all vow to do better in this thing. We, We can do better. We can break up some of this stuff that's been happening I um I, I want to throw out something that, that you might already be aware of. People magazine did a story and, and it, it, it kind of caught my attention because as they did this story, it's a secular story. And in the secular story, it's about Lady Gaga. And just give me a few minutes to tell it a little bit, because I found it interesting that Lady Gaga and her mother uh, Cynthia Germato, uh, her mother and her have had a real strange relationship. You know, it's, um, yeah, th- yeah, there's a picture of her on the screen with her mother. You all know Lady Gaga, *Stars star is born, a wonderful vocalist, singer, she's kind of eccentric and does a lot of strange things. Thank you, my brother. Uh, you, you know, when she was younger, she was bullied, she suffered from depression. By the time she was in middle school, she was already dealing with depression as a kid. And her mother didn't know how to handle her. Her mother just wanted her to suck it up. You know, you, you're not strong enough. You're not tough enough. And, and, you know, sometimes I need to tell all young people and those of you who don't have children yet, you
0: will learn later on, parents do the best they can based on what they know and they're not always right. And you will one day, if you get blessed to be a
1: parent, you will understand. Parents sometimes make mistakes. And her mother, of course, made a mistake of trying to get her to bristle up, not really understanding her emotional self at the time. Her mother simply said, look, I was raised differently, where you just have to be tough and not talk about your emotions. That's what she said to People's Magazine. She said, I didn't always understand the difference between normal biological teenage development and real problems.
0: Now, Lady Gaga grew through it. She got through it. She became a Grammy-winning pop singer. She became a wonderful individual in her own right.
1: But her and her mother was still that that tension was there. And I want to talk to somebody now who's wrestling with a kind of tension even with your own family maybe this kind of situation happened with you maybe you and your own children um and and so before you get upset before you throw in the towel on and and say you don't want to reconcile I want to give you something that might just help you here's what I want you to do I want you to recognize that you can fix it it can be better, it can work out, it can change, it can go from bad to better. It really can. And you know, what they learn is that as they heal their relationship, they learn that you can create a highway from heart to heart with two things, compassion and empathy. Compassion and empathy. I say that to you now because it's what I told you last week. It's scripture, it's biblical, it's honest. Compassion and empathy can create for you a pathway or a highway from heart to heart. You know, there there is a, a kind of a, a understanding that, you know, when you, when you are compassionate and empathetic to another person, you get to have the ability to sit in their shoes, to feel what they feel, to see what they see. You know, um, uh, Howard Thurman always called imagination the angelos of God and by that he meant it was the gift and angel of God in us because through it we can actually see worlds that we can't see in flesh. And so through the gift of imagination, you could actually sit and see how the other person may feel, what the other person may have experienced. I, I, and, and, and at some point, you get to the place where, where here's what, what, what the two of them came to. They said, we found a way to channel Kindness into our lives in a way that healed our relationship. We found a way to channel kindness into our lives that healed, that also healed our relationship. Let me tell you something that kindness is what you have to get to. You wanna create an unbreakable bond between you, I should say bond between you and another person, channel kindness. If you wanna create a new relationship, learn to be open, learn to be honest, learn to share. You know, I I say that even now as I think about the text, he says, the text says go to them, uh, and, and he says privately and share, early on, he says privately and shared. Now watch this. It's interesting because sometimes, and I don't know if I've ever said this before, let me see if I can put it this way now. Sometimes when we're hurt, everybody else in the fellowship knows but the person that hurt you. you you've told everybody, you've complained to everybody. Everybody knows you're hurt and the person that hurt you may not even know they hurt you or to the extent that they hurt you, but everybody knows but you, but the person that that, that did the hurting. That's not biblical. That's not Christian. That's not who we are. We're better than that. Give, at least give them a chance to be, well, let's say this. Just say they are the the idiot, that's a real bad word, the jerk or the, the, the foul person. I'm trying to find a word that you know what I mean, just, just say they are as foul as you think they are. Give them a chance to prove it. At least you give them an opportunity to say I'm sorry or to actually reveal to you in my Angelou's words who they really are. And when they, re- when they show you who they are, believe them. Now, now, now that's important because you're living your faith. Now I need to say this because some of you are listening to me and you're, you're good at going through the motions. So if someone gives you three steps, you're gonna do one, two, three, and you've already made up your mind. So it's, I'll do this so I can say I did it, but I know what I'm gonna ultimately do. That's not really functioning as a biblical faith believer. Because as a faith believer, you're going to give a good faith effort because without a good faith effort, it was really not any effort at all. You have to do what you said you were going to do. You've got to actually live this faith and believe this faith. You know, um, we were talking last week and I just want to raise up a few things from last week from the idea of forgiveness. And you know, we read that text, and it, you know, the text verse says, Peter says, How many times I forgive? Lord says he says seven. Lost says seven times seven. Okay. So they, they go through that. But then Jesus gives that illustration that is like almost mind-boggling because he throws it on them and he says to them, You need to know that here is what it looks like. He says, a certain man is old, a wealthy man. He's owed money from a slave. He forgives the slave the massive amount of money and then the slave goes back. And instead of understanding how blessed he is, he treats another individual just a step lower than him that owes him money in a manner in which he himself has just begged not to be treated. You know, I, I don't know what it is, how forgetful we are of our own mistakes, of our own flaws, of our own foibles. Uh, you know, I sometimes we we are we're we're like that that illustration in, in, in I think it's James where he talks about a man who looks into a mirror. And then forgets what he just saw. You know, some of us, we look into the mirror and then we forget what we just saw because we feel justified by pain. You need to get this. We feel justified by pain. One more time, we feel justified by pain. In other words, if I am hurting, it justifies any expression of my grief, any expression of my hurt, any expression of my pain is justified by pain. And that's right and it's wrong. Because there are ways that we can express our pain that are not legal, not natural, not normal, and are not right. So you can't be justified by pain. So I said last week, And the first thing that I I offered to you under forgiveness was, was simply this. Number one, I said to you that forgiveness is an act of a holy remembrance, a holy remembrance. And again, I wanna just put that into the earth realm for you because I want you to be able to remember who you are, what you've been forgiven of, what God has done for you, and even how you would feel in the face of the situation. It's an act of of holy remembrance. So you've got to remember some things. You know, um, it's funny because Mark 11, which was the passage we used last week, which says that when you're standing, whenever you stand to pray, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him drop the issue so that your father in heaven will forgive you well let me just say it again that's mark 11:25. 25 i gave it last week but i store it out to you again that that look you can't go to god seeking forgiveness when you're harboring a grudge yourself so you impede your prayers and you impede your own blessing you impede your own forgiveness by how you treat others you know, I think if we realize that um, that that everything we throw out is coming back, then we will be careful on what we throw out. You know, we we realize that that there's a boomerang out there. Uh, you you throw it out, it's coming back. Uh, the movie Boomerang with Eddie Murphy uh, always cracks me up. You know, he, he you throw it out there. You throw out all these broken hearts. You keep throwing them out there. Sooner or later, it's coming back and your heart's going to be broken. Your your spirit's going to be messed up. Well, that's life. You keep throwing stuff out there. It's coming back. I want you to send out what you want to come back. Send out goodness. Send out kindness. Send out charity. Send out love. Send out health. Send out wealth. Lord, bring them all back. So it's an act of, 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 of what I call holy remembrance. But then, I, I, I said to you last week, it's, it, it, forgiveness is an act of healthy recognition. Now, by recognition, I mean it is to say that I am aware of what has taken place. I, I think it's so important that you get to the place where you don't have to hide your fact. Whatever that fact is, doesn't have to be hidden. It's the truth. Uh, I heard I, this went wrong, that went wrong. It's the truth. And don't, no need to hide it, no need to act like it didn't happen. It took place. Now, how do I deal with it is up to me. So I need to have this healthy recognition. I, I say that because, you know, sometimes I think people people get to the place where they simply want to bury what happened or act like it didn't happen. And, and that's not healthy, it's not healthy. It's not healthy to pretend because if you go around in a, in a situation where you had an odd against someone and you forgave them but you just buried it, sooner or later it's gonna bubble up. So just go ahead and put the cards on the table, get it out, get it out, here's what it is. Now let's let's deal with it. Let's move forward. Now does not mean you have to go back through and pick through every little thing and talk about it? No, no. Let's get it on the table that you hurt me and here are the ways you hurt me. And I want to tell you how it made me feel. I don't have to go back through every date and time, but if you tell me you hurt me and you're talking to me, I may need you to reference something about it so I know what I did. Because I may not have recognized that I actually did it and I may actually be able to give you some peace in knowing that what happened wasn't directed toward you and so we may have to talk about some details, put our finger through everything, and we're not going to resolve everything. And remember, depending on when stuff happened, memories get foggy and shift. And, you know, I'm, I don't know, you know, I sometimes watch some of these crime dramas, and people say, where were you at on, on May 15th? And people say, I was at so-and-so. I'd be like, well. I don't know. I've been in the middle of a pandemic. May 15th seems like April 15th to me. Everything just, now if you ask me where was I at uh, in in the middle of March when the pandemic started, I can tell you, I preached that Saturday in, in Hamden, Connecticut for my dear Pastor Danny Bland and that great church down there during their celebration of leaders and I left there preached here on Sunday morning and it was the last Sunday we had the house full with people I remember that why do I remember that because for me that day is stamped with an emotion listen to me closely it's stamped with an emotion if you ever want to remember a thing stamp it with an emotion watch this so I have a complete Re-re-reconnection of that but May 15th is not stamped with any emotion so I don't have that recollection guess what if I offended you on May 15th I would not have it in ready memory because it did not affect me emotionally it's not stamped can I go back in my calendar see where I was at that day yeah but when stuff is stamped with an emotion, it stays. You have better recollection than the person who may not have been completely involved. Or who may not have been as affected as you. So you have to realize that. Some stuff stays, some stuff doesn't. And that's normal human mental capacity. So I've gotta have a, this healthy recognition and awareness of, of, of facts, uh, juxtaposition of those facts, hold them up. And then I said that that, I, that means I'm gonna to have to have empathy and the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. I've gotta see how you feel and appreciate it. Look, even if I didn't intend to hurt you, I gotta appreciate the fact that I did. I gotta say, yes, you're right. That, It's totally wrong It's definitely wrong that you were wounded You're right You're completely You see Not only do I need to remember your, Your blessings Not only do you need to remember your blessings But you need to see yourself In the reflection of the other See yourself In the reflection of the other See what they're dealing with Understand where they are and then we said, a third part of this was that, that forgiveness is an act of a heart responsiveness. Now that's kind of a convoluted statement, and I recognize it as such. But remember the story. If you get your Bibles out to Matthew 18 and go down here, um, it, it, I just want to start here at, at verse. oh, I'm going to start verse 28 then this is the slave that just been forgiven much but the same slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a 100 denarii and he seized him and began choking him and saying pay what you owe so he gonna put the strong arm tactic on my boy listen so his fellow slave fell on his knees and begged him earnestly have patience with me i will repay you but he was unwilling and he went and had him thrown in prison until he paid back the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what he had what had happened, they were deeply grieved, and they went and reported it to their master with clarity and in detail everything that had taken place. Then his master called him and said to him, "You wicked and contemptible slave, I forgave." all that debt of yours, that great debt of yours, because you begged me, should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave who owed you little by comparison, as I had mercy on you? I want to do this real quick because I didn't say it last week so I can say it now. Check the allegorical comparison. If you see this as allegorical, as allegory, you can see now the master being God and the slaves being people, believers in this case. Now, Paul put it this way: I am Dulos to Christ. And the actual um, translation of doulos is slave. So I am a slave to Christ. So if we put it in that way, this is God talking to the people of this congregation, saying to you all, didn't I forgive you? Preach Watts. I'm working on it. Didn't I forgive you? He looks at him and said, he says, should you not have had mercy on your fellow slaves? fellow believer who owed you little by comparison as i had mercy on you and in wrath his master turned him over to the torturers the jailers until he paid all that he owed my heavenly father will do also will also do the same to every one of you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart now that's important not from your lips but from your heart not from your words but from your heart not just in your head but in your heart that it's genuine it's real it's important to you now I said something last week about the mind, mercy, and ministry of God. I want to add something to that this week and say it this way. Walk with the mind, mercy, and ministry of God as your north star. As your north star. Now, this is important. For those of you who don't know it, the North Star is one that's been used. It's in the sky. It's at the tail of the, the Big Dipper. You, know, the, you, you can find it. It's the, 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 the navigational item that is used. It's the way to find direction, the way of, of, of knowing where to go. So I said you're to walk with the mind, mercy, and ministry of God because the mind of Christ God was in Christ reconciling the world. It is of the mercy of God that we are not consumed. It is the ministry of God that God has given unto us, the ministry of reconciliation. The mind of God has caused us to enter into reconciliation. The mercy of God through Jesus Christ has been the reconciliation he is the reconciler and our ministry is to help others be reconciled so I think I just messed somebody up because what I'm saying is walk with a mind that understands reconciliation 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 I should be getting rid of quarrels winning people to Christ that's what I want to do reconciliation I should be reconciling people to God I should be helping folk find a relationship with God I should be helping people live a better life a better quality of life feeding the hungry clothing the naked visiting them to the prison bound reconciliation reconciliation helping them to increase their relationship with God it's my north star it's what guides me it what, it's what guides my forgiveness. It's what guides my peace. It's what guides who I am. I want to find the out. I want to find the win-win. I want to find something that can bring us back into fellowship with one another. It becomes my North Star. It becomes my guiding principle. My guiding principle is, I want to be what God wants me to be. And, and I, I, I came in today
0: and it was in my spirit you thought i was worth saving so you came and changed my life you thought i was worth keeping so you cleaned me up inside you thought i was to die for so you sacrifice your life So I could be free So I could be whole So I could tell everyone I know tell everyone I know wait a minute
1: I need to get to the place that I realize he saw worth in me
0: you saw the best in me when everyone else could only see the worst in me
1: Oh you didn't get it, you didn't get it. I need to recognize I've been redeemed, saved, set free, and I got too many problems not to trust God for everything in my life. Okay, I, I just I just felt it. I 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 felt it. I, I could sing, I really want it. It's in my spirit, but I want to teach us just give me a few more minutes. Listen, I said last week I want to give you five steps on the path of recon- to reconciliation. Five steps, the five steps on the path to reconciliation. Five steps, just five. Just five. Number one, desire without disdain. Desire without disdain. you gotta have to want to work things out you got to want to fix stuff up you know you can't you can't go around detesting people hating people whatever you've got to want to get things straight um, Galatians 6 and 1 is a passage that sticks in my mind because of of an issue I had when I was about 18. And, and I used this text with someone um, who came at me sideways. They were, they were they, they meant well, but they were brutal and they were attacking me for something that wasn't happening and, and, and I laugh about it now because I say to myself the reason they attacked me is because they were attacking what they would have done in the situation and they would try to keep me from doing what they would've done, but I didn't have their mind. So they came to give me a correction I didn't need. And I received the correction, I didn't get mad, I didn't say anything, but then I I quoted this scripture and, and it's Galatians 6 and 1. Now here's how I quoted it. I won't hold the Amplified Version for a second. I quoted it like this, in the old KJV. I looked at him, I said, you must not have read the word I said, I appreciate it. I appreciate your concern for me. I said, but Galatians 6 and 1 says, brother, if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Well, <laughs> consider thyself lest thou also be tempted. I remembered it that way, KJV. Remember now, we're going back to the 70s. And he was upset, ooh, that pastor, that preacher was so wounded that I said that, because he was upset because I said that, that he came at me wrong. And I want to say this to you. you, there's a way to go and, and correct any situation, but if you go sideways, the conversation is going to go left before you get started you start talking junk you start dictating and yelling and carrying on and you did me wrong you just and some of y'all know before i even say it your neck is already moving that's why i got to tell them reverend i got to get them told I, i'm sorry bishop i can tell a bishop because something got to be said wait a minute it's not just what you say it's How you say it? Do you want to bring correction? Do you want to bring bring someone into fellowship with you and with God, or do you want to just have an argument? If all you want to do is have an argument, then then you know, hey, don't even bother. Got enough stuff in my life. Here's the Amplified version. Puts it this way: Six, Galatians six one Amplified version, brothers. If anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, are to restore such a person in the spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Thank you, thank you. Thank, that's a word right there. Cause see, you don't want to get all high and mighty, all hot and ah, ah, no. Without the sense of superiority, without the self-righteousness, say what needs to be said. Listen to it in the living Bible. The Living Bible says it this way. Dear brothers, if a Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help him back onto the right path, remembering that the next time it might be one of you who is in the wrong. Okay, last one. This one, real good. I like this one. Last one. I'm going to hurry up and get off this. I'm going to give you all five. I promise you I will not stop until you get all five and I'll still make my time. Watch this. Galatians 6 and 1 in the Message Bible. It says, live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him. Saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed share their burdens and so complete Christ's law if you think you are too good for that you are badly deceived there's a right way and a wrong way to heal a situation try your best to find the right way so number one desire that means you want to want it without disdain. Number two, and this you already know, and this is important, disagree without being disagreeable. Disagree without being disagreeable. You know, it's one thing for us to have a difference of opinion and to disagree about a point or whatever that point may be. It's another thing for us to have an outright argument. Why can't we just simply disagree? Sometimes we might have to agree to disagree. We might have to say, look, I don't know, that didn't happen with me, maybe it's someone else, but I'm gonna tell you now, if I did, I'm sorry. I'm definitely sorry. I don't remember doing that, but if I did, please forgive me, I'm sorry. Now, now someone will say well I'm not saying I'm sorry that something I didn't do why not because if they're offended your goal is to heal them your goal is to heal them look you have to understand something if someone is hurt you want to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem you, you can say hey I don't, I don't remember that I don't know that. And it may even be true that you don't remember it. If it's not true, don't say it. But if you don't remember, you don't remember it. But still you can say, hey, and for some of you to be the truth, that was a different time in my life. That was a different time in my life. I was, I was in the middle of this situation. That was a time in my life where I, I, you know, I was doing some things I wasn't supposed to be doing and my thinking wasn't good so no I don't remember it but it sure could have happened and it'll be the truth you know some of you when you were younger uh, you know you used, to, you used to overindulge in stuff and you've hurt people and you might as well go ahead and say yeah, hey look I know I don't recall actually cussing you out but if you said it I know I was a bad drinker i i didn't handle my liquor well and i thank god god has delivered me from it and yes i sure enough apologize now i I, you've been hurt 15 20 years i'm sorry i'm not that person anymore i don't even drink now i'm not that straight up you know it's some of you men i need them just say where do you men You know, you you, brothers, uh, understand me, some of you when you were younger before you gave your life to Christ, you had children out of wedlock. Those mothers may not like you. They They may have kept the child from you. And now you're estranged from your child. And maybe you weren't a good parent. Maybe you never tried to be in contact or to have fellowship or to show them love. But now that you're a believer, you can't leave that child out there Okay, so they say they don't want to talk to you. They don't want to be around you. That's not not good enough. You can't let it go. You've got to make it show that the door is open. That your love is always being expressed. Because that is your seed. And you're responsible for covering your seed. Even though you may have conceived that, that child at a different time in your life. And you're also responsible for saying that. I was a different man than I am right now. Don't give up on having a relationship with your children don't give up on that mother if you lost your children when you when they were young because you were in a different place you may not have been mentally there you may not have been emotionally there something may have been going on stuff can happen you know we situations happen and they may be wounded and hurt but don't give up on them look you may never have the relationship you want have the relationship you can No, they may never say they forgive you. Don't worry about them saying that. You forgive yourself. You're different now. You let it go within you and within Christ. And now function as though it's it's going to be better. Don't let it depress you, but be open to what God can do. And believe God for it and give them the opportunity if they need to grieve more, if they're still struggling with it, if they're still saying, well, if I had a father here, I would be different, my life would be different. It may be true. So don't try and talk them out of that. Don't try to act like it didn't happen. You know, sometimes stuff happens in our lives. Unfortunately, for some of you, you ladies and gentlemen you may have gotten with someone intimately and created life and now you're like oh my goodness and you're struggling with it hey it happens but don't allow that to affect the children and you can still have a decent relationship with the individual that is your mother, their baby's mother or your baby's father depending on the, the sex of the individual who I'm talking to Why do I say that? You can have disagreement without being disagreeable. For the sake of all. Okay, number three. Boy, this is some good teaching tonight. Golly. Number three. (laughs) Discernment without damnation. (laughs) Discernment without damnation. Now, this is something you, please, you need to write this one down. You need this one, you need this one down. You know, some of us wanna be Old Testament prophets, and when anybody gets on our nerves, we wanna call bears down on them to eat them up. When we talking about me, I got power. Uh, you know, I'm gonna curse you, I'm gonna tell you, hey, yeah, listen, let me tell you something. You need to live a life where you have the gift and spirit of discernment always functioning. So you want to discern truth, discern honesty, discern conversations, but you can do that without cursing everybody to AT Double Hockey Sticks. So so why can't I have a conversation with someone that may actually be lying? And my discernment is there. I'm not gonna, gonna go commit to the damnation of them and all that, I have now said what I need to say, This is over with as far as I'm concerned. I'm moving forward. I pray that you move forward. I don't have to. You know, when you get it in your head that God is a good enough judge that he doesn't need my part, then you're gonna be all right. You can live a judgment-free life if you just let God be God and you stop being Junior Jesus. I want you to fire yourself from being Junior Jesus. Fire yourself today from being God with a small g. And let God be God and you be you. And hope and pray that the God we love and serve will accept your service and say, Well done. This is good talk tonight. This is good stuff. Number four. Number four, I'm on schedule. I'm on schedule. I'm on schedule. This is, this is in the scripture, but this is uh, my 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 good friend Bishop L. David Cornish. God bless him. Lord bless him today. Amen. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about him right now. But L. D. Cornish would say, "This is not on the line, but it's in between the line." So I want to get in between the line right here, and and I want to call this discussion without dominance. Discussion without dominance. You know, it says that I'm to go and tell them, to convince them, to convict them, to show them their fault. But we can have a discussion without me dominating the talk. You know, sometimes some of us wanna go and we have what we call a discussion where we just simply tell somebody off, but we never give them a chance to respond. We just tell them off, we just Okay, we just run off at the mouth, just say what we want to say, but we never at any point give them a chance to offer their, their story, their side. So you need to get to the place where you have discussion without dominance because I, the reason I say it's in between the lines because Jesus says go to him and tell him the situation and, and, and you know it doesn't really talk to the response and I want to tell you that you're not really having a discussion if you're not looking for a response and, and I say that because you know your interpretation of the facts could be wholly wrong completely wrong And if given the opportunity, somebody might be able to show you, Ah, you missed that one. Ah, I think you thought you knew what you were talking about. And if I looked at it the way you just did, I see why you're upset. But can I give you another way to look at this? Then all of a sudden, lights go off. Like, whoa, wait a minute. No, I didn't see that. I didn't see it that way. I know I've been upset for 10 years. Well, because there's another way to look at it. It's not as simple as you think. You know, there could be other factors that are there. There could be other things that are going on in the heart and mind of another individual. You are not in their heart and mind, so you cannot simply act as though you know everything going on. That's not good. It's not fair either. You know, even in a criminal case, the, the, the prosecutor can, can tell you their faults and present their case, but the defense gets a chance to tell you why they don't believe that you should adhere or believe what the prosecutor said. Well, again, going back to my secular example, if they will do that in the secular world, why not in the, in the religious world? Why not among us? Give each other a chance to talk. Discussion without dominance. You know, um, there's an old movie, and I think I have the name right. It's a Patrick Swayze movie. It's called Roadhouse. I believe it's Roadhouse. And in there Patrick Swayze plays a bouncer and he fights and you know and every time people meet him because he's so small, people say, I would have thought you'd have been bigger. Uh, he gets cut and he goes to the hospital. He meets this woman in the hospital, and she's getting ready to give him some stitches after he's been cut. And uh, and she asks him who he is and about his life and all that. And it comes to a section in the movie where where she says she says to him, um, do you do you ever win a fight? Do you ever win? And he looks at her and he says something that is really interesting given the fact that he's a bouncer and the reason he's able to go to the hospital is because he beat up everybody else, his his response was, nobody ever wins a fight. And it resonated with me. I saw that movie years ago, but it resonates with me like I saw it yesterday because the truth of the matter is no one ever really wins a fight. Every fight they're, they're, it's always lose-lose, just not matter to what degree. And the only way to create win-win out of any situation is when both parties can leave the situation feeling heard, feeling as though at least I got a fair shake. Okay, number five, and I'm done. I'm completely done. And I'll pick it up, man. I woo. I know this has been something else. Some of y'all are sitting back. I done been all down your street. I done been all up in your business. All uh, all in your Kool-Aid and change the flavor and everything. This is the last one. Distance without disassociation. Distance. This is important. I man. Woo. This is the hard one. You know, there may be some times when you need to put distance between yourself and others. There may be times when you need to just say, okay, I, I don't, we, we're not gonna make this. But, but you don't have to have this disassociation. Disassociation is always the last resort. Not sometimes. Always. Disassociation is always the last resort. You know, I, I, I know people say to me, they talk about, um, you know, even Jesus says, if people don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against Him, it'd be better if they were Sodom and Gomorrah than it. Yes, He does say that. That is Jesus' word. But that was Jesus' word contextually. Let's put it in proper context. This is about dealing with an offending brother or sister. That word about shaking the dust off your feet is related to preaching the gospel to people that refuse to hear his word about him. And he says, shake the dust off your feet, which means I am not responsible for you. That's what it means. It means I am not, it's the same thing that it meant when Pilate washes his hands in relation to Jesus. I have no part in this, I, and y'all, y'all can kill him, you all can take him over there, but I'm washing my hands of this. I am not, and so what it is is the, the, the disciple who shakes his feet at the end of the city and walks out is saying, I've given you the truth. I'm not responsible for you. And here's what Jesus' response is, he says, "Man, woe unto them, because if they get, they've been given the word and they refuse the word, woe unto them." Are you with me? It is not simply, uh, "I hate you, God gonna get you." It is, "I've done the best I can, and I've given you truth. I'm not responsible if, in the end result, of you're not receiving that truth." you enter into punishment or you lose your way in God. In this text, here's what the text says. The text says, if someone has been offended and I take it to them privately and I bring a couple of witnesses and says, and then if I haven't got there and I try it all over again and then I go to the church that is, the church means the congregation. That's what that word really is. I go to the congregation, the people of that synagogue, the people of that, that community of faith, and, and they don't receive it from them. And they all see it the same way I've saw it, this the situation, and they don't receive it Now I am able to do disassociation. Here's what the disassociation is. To treat them as although they were a Gentile or a tax collector now a tax collector is still a brother but they're a brother that we don't look up highly to because they're working with the empire a gentile is still not to be mistreated because i have to love my neighbors as i love myself and even love my enemies but they're not a part of the congregation the fellowship Distance without complete disassociation in other words I gotta find a way that I can live with me and they can live with themselves and we can still get along guess what when I do that I get to the point where I have surrendered my stuff over to the Lord I can walk away from the situation at peace knowing it's all in God's hands and knowing that everything is alright and i am all right and god is working it out and the blessing is mine and everything's going to be okay i know you know that the peace of god comes in serving god and in serving god with a pure heart one not stained with a grudge or grievance get rid of those grudges give them over to jesus next week I'm coming back I got more for I'm not done I'm out of time but I'm not out of word I love you all with the love of the Lord spend at least 21 minutes each day in meditation shut the TV off that time turn on some music if you need the TV on turn it to the gospel music channel turn to something soft and just meditate read your word 21 minutes a day you do that you practice this this teaching that I'm giving now and you're going to find the very peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind I love you all the love of the Lord if you like to give I want you to join us in giving tonight you, whatever you give tonight we give out benevolently you know a whole lot of people have been in trouble over the last couple of days there's been a floods down down south even Deaconess Medina's sister lost uh, almost everything in a flood down in Pinnacle- in Pen- uh, Pensacola Florida I people have been flooded fires have burned down out there in California I need your help so that I can send gifts and blessings to some of the folks that are going through we keep feeding the hungry we keep clothing the naked we keep visiting that prison bomb we keep being a blessing and god's gonna bless us you see the ways to give on the screen join us in giving we love you with the love of the lord those monies you give tonight if you put on there benevolent that's where it's going benevolent and the deacons will make sure that we bless others with your gifts we need you to join us in our benevolent giving so that we can give
0: to the world. I love you. God bless you, Shiloh. God bless you, those who tuned in. Keep tuning in. We'll be right here. God is already good to you, and I love you with the God's love in my heart. This has been another one. Shalom.